Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s giving their perspective on the games that we love, headlines of pop culture, and the meaning about it all. I'm your host, Wenza Burns, like my kind of part, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? It's going good now that my Wi-Fi is back up. <laughs> I always have to mention that. Inside stories from Fool's Going. <laughs> Cox Cable, get your stuff together, get there. <laughs> Uh, but we have a lot of topics to get into um, to today, as usual. Obviously, some some thoughts on on the national championship, some some NFL uh, topics as as we're in a wild card weekend, um, some album reviews, and, and we're going to do a review of everything, everywhere, all at once in the second half. Um, to start off with, just thoughts on you know Georgia's just complete domination uh, versus TCU and, and historic win. Um, this was just all Georgia throughout the entire game, winning sixty five to seven, and securing their second straight national title. Um, they also became the first team to repeat as national champion ch- champions in the college football playoff era. But when you look at a game like this, where from the jump, like, you know, K- K- um, Kirby Smart set, said uh, pregame, like, you know, we're the hunters, we're, we're the hunters tonight, we're going to go hunting. Like, you could just tell they had this mindset of like aggression um, from the jump. Yeah. Like, what were your thoughts on this, on this win for them and, and repeating? I think when you have that mindset, you, you look at why they have it, right? Yeah. previous game i think they underestimated uh ohio state yeah. and now you have to like we cannot make that mistake we can't go down to the wire like that we can't let yeah. tcu get some of that uh water that space jail <laughs> bugs buddy concocted up in halftime we can't allow that to happen so they had that mentality going in they knew they were the better team they just had to show they were the better team on the in you know between the lines but what a game for Georgia. TCU, I don't they didn't even show up. They just sit out their uh junior squad to play. <laughs> it's the craziest thing, you know. You get to this, you see the the different playing field, level fields. Ohio State is the pretty much the only team that can go against the SEC. That's team. it. And like, it, it's, it's been showing. That's what it feels like. It feels like for the upcoming years, it's going to be the SEC and Ohio State with the only shot to to, to really compete against them. <laughs> like that's what it. No, that's what, for real. That's really that's really what it feels like. Even we even thought Clemson one day was going to be the team that that could like take Alabama's spot, but they kind of regressed recently over the last couple yeah. of years. But like, do you feel as though even with Ohio State, like you can tell they have talented receivers, talented quarterback play? Do you feel as though it's one of those things where they can kind of match up <laughs> athletically as well with the other SEC teams? Oh, for sure. <clears throat> and that's what I love about SEC. There's there's so many good teams that's that's in the Southern Eastern Conference, you know, and just like we've seen Tennessee kind of gradually get better. And now they're a team to look out for. Kentucky is another one. Yeah. SEC has that just overwhelming effect of teams just becoming great over the a span of a period of time. And that's what I love about it. And then most, most conferences cannot go against an SEC team. And now that we have this expanded, um, you know, playoffs, I will, I'm, I foresee more SEC teams getting in there and then other squads won't get as much a chance as it, they think they're, they're going to, because it's the playoff is expanded. So we're going to see a lot of SEC teams in this playoff. It just gives us the, the, a bigger avenue to get, to get in there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, like, like going forward, um, when you look at, 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 at like, I think we even, even mentioned, uh, um, in the last episode or a couple of episodes ago about like, is Georgia going to be like the new premier team, um, in college football, <laughs> obviously like with what they're doing, we haven't seen, you know, they're also going to be looking, I know they're going to be looking for that three peak. I, I know they're going to, they're going to, oh, for sure. going to want to do that because like, that is like, a, a, a rare type of air to be in but like what what are your thoughts on the domination that, that they've had and can they be the, like the, the top class of the of not only the sec but in the entire college football to be like the new standard yeah like when we have mr johnny meads on i'm i'm standing by what i say i think georgia is going to be the new dynasty you just look how, how over time how they gradually became better and better and when they got kirby smart i think the mentality hats off the mark rich he was a great head coach but it's a different time and a different era kirby smart has been around national championship teams yeah. he's coached national championship teams got that he knows what it takes yeah. He has the pedigree, and you see the speech that he gave to his team right before the game. And a lot of people say, hey, a lot of coaches give those crazy speech or give those type of speeches to pump their – no, it was a specific speech yeah. that he knew that his team would listen to, yeah. that he would know they would fire them up. They came out and beat a team 63 – put up 63 points in the national championship. 
That's, that's just of. not any type. Of, yeah, that's not an any type of speech. But I think Georgia, they still have returning players. You look at what they did last year. They had like 15 players go to the draft. Nine were on their starting defense. They were still the number one defense this year. Number one defense in the red zone. They still have players returning. Wide receivers yeah. returning. I think they put another quarterback in that situation like Stetson, who game manages and doesn't do anything crazy. They're going up. They might be a Patriots. Yeah, they might be that type of team. <laughs> it feels like that. Because <laughs> if Alabama doesn't shake off the cobwebs or shake, it just, I feel like Alabama's realizing, okay. Nick Saban, he was on that post game, pre game show, and he was like, man, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, like Dave Pollock was saying, like, I think we're seeing the, the, the new class of college football, and Nick Saban, he kind of like nodded, like, in disappointment, like, yep. <laughs> yeah, and you have to take it. Look how many teams took Alabama always having 10 backup five-star running backs, yeah. quarterbacks, wide receivers. We They had to take it. They had to wait their turn. Now, things are on We're a leveling turning. playing field, and now kids are wanting to play more often Yeah, because now they get the NIL, NIL deals, and they get all these other um, – accolades and amenities that comes with playing college football right. it didn't want to go to the next level so kids don't want to stay and what what they used to call it uh groom you to mm. be the guy they want to be the guy now and it's teams and organization that could groom them now and be true freshmen instead yeah. of you know waiting their turn at alabama so you just got to take it Alabama got to realize we got to do a different approach. What what happened we did for the 10, 15 plus years that got us dominant, it's we can't do the same thing. It has to be different, different era, different era now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now transitioning to the NFL and, and, you know, with with all the teams that we're seeing in wildcard weekend, there were a couple ones that um, had a chance to get in, like the Patriots against the Bills in, in the last game of the season. Um, if they would have won, they would have been in. Um, and, you know, the, the most kind of like infamous one, the, the the Detroit Green Bay game, because like that was that that was the type of performance where Detroit, you know, they still weren't going to really have a shot to, to get in, even if they did win. Um, right. With Seattle winning. But like, what are your thoughts on on the teams that didn't make it and kind of like which one was like the most disappointing to, to you? I mean, I know, you know, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Green Bay, man, you know, we get down to the wire. We get to the point where we get into playoffs and we lose again. Yeah. And, at home. At home. Please don't. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> and that's the sucky part. We have the frozen tundra. We have yeah. home field advantage. We beat the Detroit Lions. I don't know how many times in this this, this new football mm. era. Yeah. Super Bowl era. So it's just like you had everything. <sighs> that's the most disappointing loss, man. After all, and I, and I got, and I rejuvenated. No, I renewed my enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. For us making to the making it to the playoffs, and then we lose to the Detroit Lions again. That's just the most unlikely loss. Like it's just it doesn't it, it didn't even it didn't even feel like because like it's always like it was like the big brother little brother like yo Detroit come on we got Detroit at home too like this is easy money like we're gonna be able to get into the postseason but it, it also it also felt like one of those things like when you start off the season so slow and you kind of have to go on this like crazy winning streak they didn't have any any margin for error like they were four and eight then went and did the entire way up to the last game of this season like like going forward with this team like, like there's always this question of like what Rod- what rogers is going to do next like this, this is, we've had the same question the last three years um mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on kind of the future outlook of this green bay team and maybe what aaron Rodgers wants to do next you know i i love aaron Rodgers as a quarterback he's been my you know quarterback for a long long time now and then even with the dry spill we went through when uh transition from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, I thought we the the latter is still there. He had he showed spurts of just mobile quarterback, and he was a white quarterback. He was very mobile. He's yeah, extend plays, crazy arm, accurate, the whole shebang. Those days are over, yeah. right? There's time for a new era. It's 2023. The new season should not have Aaron Rodgers wearing a Green Bay Packers jersey. And that's that's the the honest truth. It's it's time for the next quarterback. If it's yeah. Jordan Love, cool. If you draft another quarterback, make sure it's a quarterback that we can utilize. Yeah. But I think it's time for a new era. I think I think somebody can utilize Aaron Rodgers 
last bit of juice left somewhere else. He's I think go it's time. Yeah, he's got to go to another it's, team. It's, it's over. Yeah. If if we go through the dry spell and the, the sucky spell for the next two years, I think our defense is still strong enough. We had a couple injuries, and then the offense is going to change if Aaron Rodgers goes. But yeah. I think it's time for a Rod to deuce deuces. Chuck the deuces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now getting into kind of uh, Lamar Jackson being in and out this season, um, a knee injury for Jackson has caused an extended void. Sixteen uh, practice absences, five missed games, and counting. Followed kind of by, by a steady diet of lingering questions, and the the lack of a long term a contract has constantly, obviously, been been discussed throughout the season, and um, it's really having some seriously questioned the future of of um his play in Baltimore. But but what are your thoughts on this situation and kind of like what the future might hold for him in Baltimore? Because you know they're going up against Cincinnati, um, and him being out for so long, and even in, even in the postseason, it's one of those things where. He's he's supposed to be the future cornerstone, the main cornerstone of Baltimore, and now there's questions about if he's even going to stay um, uh, for, for the for the duration of his career. You know, I think when it comes to uh, Baltimore having value over their quarterbacks, see the quarterbacks they had previous, they never paid their quarterbacks. On the one time they had Bowler, they had it was a uh, they had um, rest in peace, but they had oh my cheese. Steve McNair at right. one point, yeah. um, you know, but they never put value at the quarterback position and that, you know, Joe Flacco kind of like he played full on blast in the Super Bowl, but leading up to that, they didn't put much value in Joe Flacco. They paid him, yeah. but they didn't think because they was like, okay, maybe this is what we should do. And now, right. you know, X amount of years later, Lamar Jackson, who's got, got you to the postseason several times and putting you back into the glory and you're not going to pay him. So if I was Lamar, a lot of people say in Miami, I don't like him in Miami. I don't, I don't like him. I, I like him in Baltimore, but they just need it to pay him. him. Yeah. Yeah. I think it fits him. They, they, they believe in him. Well, coaching staff believes in him. I don't know about the, obviously the front office doesn't want to pay him what he's worth, but yeah, I think I don't believe the front office is on the yeah. page. <laughs> I don't think any other coach, but top, probably Mike Tomlin will believe in him like Harbaugh has believed in him since they drafted him. I think he's put every ounce of respect and energy and just full-on belief into Lamar Jackson since he's been there. Yeah. Like, Lamar, you want to go for it? Yeah, coach, yeah, let's it. go for it. Let, yeah. Let's do it. Like, you got to have a trust. And I think he put himself out there to trust Lamar. And I think Lamar right. has, you know, exceeded expectations for a lot of lot of fans mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of um uh recruiters and yeah, scouts, scouts and the whole yeah i think they, he's exceeded expectations him. pay him what he's worth i think he has a lo- he's loyal he's from florida yeah. so loyalty just just exudes out of us <laughs> so he's he wants to stay but he wants to get paid what he's worth and oh, i yeah. think he i think eventually they just paid their linebacker like a hundred million dollars Raekwon Smith. Mm-hmm. And I, I never I didn't think Raekwon Smith was that good, to be honest with you. Coming out of Bama. I just it's just if he's gonna get paid that, you better better pay Lamar Jackson. But because you need a quarterback. Yeah. Because you see what Tyler Huntley doing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um and, and now getting into kind of like most interesting wild card matchup from the AFC and NFC. Um, you know, when I look when I look at the AFC, like the Jacksonville Charger and Chargers game is a really interesting one because like you have two young quarterbacks that I think are going to be, you know, being able to play at a high level for a long time and Jacksonville getting into the postseason, having a home game, that's going to be a, a major deal. And then with the Chargers, that's a team that, you know, with Justin Herbert, we've had a lot of expectations for him, him finally getting into the postseason and seeing what he can do and how long he, he can be in there is going to be really intriguing. Um, for To start off with the AF, well, I, also, NFC as well, because I think Vikings-Giants can be a really good one. Uh, what are kind of yeah. like two of your intriguing wildcard matchups? Vikings-Giants, is, I think, is one that I'm looking forward to. Because, you you know, look at the Giants, what they overcome this year, what they overcame last year. Yeah. At getting to this point, wildcard, they've been here before. I remember when... <laughs> When Eli busted us as Green Bay in the wild card, that was and they went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. So I think it it doesn't have the same residue. Obviously, it's not the same team, not the same coaches, whatever different styles. But I think they have an opportunity to get to the uh, get to the Super Bowl because 
just looking at the MO, this is what they do. If they get in the playoffs and they get in a wild card, they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'm just going based off history. And then, you know, I want to stay in the NFC North. So Vikings, you know, I haven't seen the Vikings like go deep in the postseason since forever. Right. And then Kirk Cousins finally gets into the play and, you know, you know, gets a chance to get into playoffs and show that he he's one of those quarterbacks that you can uh, rely on. But right. I think that's going to be a really, really good game. I'm Justin Jefferson is going to go crazy mm-hmm. against this, 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 um, you know, Giants team. So I'm, I'm looking to see what Dalvin Cook does as well. So it just, and then is Saquon back fully healthy? What is he going to do against his defense? So I think the the headliners, there's a bunch of headliners for this game. And I think this is definitely one I'm going to be watching. I probably watch it with one of my good friends, Bruce, who's a Vikings fan. Uh-oh. And I told him when we beat him, he was like, I'm not going to say nothing. I just text him the eyes. And, <laughs> look, <a> mochi. <laughs> and look at us now, sitting on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> crazy this man uh, and i mean go pack go 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 <laughs> how to add that in there <laughs> but i mean also like the another game that is getting a lot is going to get a lot of attention obviously because it's, it's going to be a primetime game dallas tampa bay um dallas they didn't they i i, I know it, it doesn't have the same the, the same effect to me as as, it, as it's having for other people i mean they didn't in the season the way they wanted to tampa bay they get the home game but this is, to yeah. me, like this isn't the same Tampa Bay team that we saw. Like I, no, I think Dallas should be favored in this. I think Dallas will win it, and people are kind of adding that that uh, that effect of like, oh well, I mean Brady at home, Tampa Bay. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not <laughs> gonna throw it again. It does, yeah, to me, it doesn't mean anything because it's just like, it the, like if you comparing the two teams throughout the season, Dallas has been the better team throughout. Yeah, like for very, sure, very easily. Uh, the, yes, this, this Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay team has not been that 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 top tier NFC team. But, but what are your thoughts on that matchup and kind of uh, the, the intrigue that it's stirring up for some? <clears throat> so this is, this is very interesting to, to even give Tampa Bay any type of airwave at this point is beyond me. Yeah. They, they squeaked out, you know, out of their, out of their, their uh, division. Eight and nine. <laughs> Carolina. Falcons, Saints, whoop de do, whoop de do, and they skipped out of that. Like I am not enthused about seeing Tampa Bay. Maybe 2020 when Brady first oh, got yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. Even last we, we year they were really that. good. Even yeah. last year they were really good. Last year they were they were, were decent enough to you know, but this year I don't see that same luster. Mike hip Mike Evans and Tom Brady finally gets a connection the you know past three weeks. Yeah. And you know, Leonard Fournette has been inconsistent with the running game. Offensive line looks 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 terrible. Tom Brady is cussing you out on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. There's not the same vibe, same energy they had the past two years. And then if that plays perfect football, oh, this is gonna this is gonna be a- Buccaneers is over with. He, he but Dak has a play per He's thrown one interception every game. He has to play perfect. He can't force plays, and they're going to have to lean on the running game. For somehow, they're going to have to get Ezekiel Elliott going, Tony Pollard going, and then get CeeDee Lamb going. So if the running game starts working, and I think they'll have success in the running game against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers' defense hasn't been as, as good with Devin White and, you know, Devontae. So I, I'm looking to see to see if if uh the running game is gonna spark the Cowboys to, to win this game. If if they those two guys get going on those stretch plays and, and zone plays, it's yeah. gonna be a long day for the Buccaneers defense, even with their you know top rated linebackers. So I'm not gonna watch this game. I'm just gonna just look at it at the really? end and like, oh okay. Dallas is oh, Dallas won. Okay, I knew that. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Cool. <laughs> but no, I mean, this is not like I mean, I'd rather see the I mean Bills in Miami, you know? Like those yeah, games well, what do you, are. What do you more... think about that game? Buffalo. Oh. So ooh, they, had a really, they had a really tight matchup a couple weeks ago. Yes. And it, it ooh, was... it was really good. It was really, 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 really good. So Two things that I, I'm 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 trying I'm trying to see about this game is is Tua going to be 100, percent and if the play calling is going to be different for Miami, right? 
So the first eight games, first first ten games, they were incredible. Play call and change after those ten games. Obviously, Tua gets hurt a couple times, and and, and the running game. It's a lot of things. A lot of the connection has it. Yeah, Yeah. Waddle hasn't been going off. We haven't seen this in a while. You know, Tyreek hasn't hasn't been you know as as potent because of the 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 passing game. So I'm looking for those two things. Is the play calling going to be different? Is it two Tua? Is going to be fully healthy, and with the Bills, can 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 he can Allen not make any mistakes? And we said this this year. This is the first year in his his young career that we've seen him make so many mistakes. mistakes. Yeah, forced passes, um, not read coverages, just just being antsy in the pocket and not trusting his offensive line. This is the first year. I was like, oh, okay, he's human, but he's still such a good quarterback. He's still the one of the you know quarterbacks oh, yeah. in the future of the, the NFL, but. Can he play his normal game and be consistent at it is what I'm looking for. And can this defense who secondary who has been beat up since week one, can they come back and do what they have to do to stop? Because if two is healthy and they start connecting with Tyreek, they're going to stop two guys and both of them run like sub four threes. So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but I I, no, I think the Bills is gonna pull it off because I don't think two is gonna be fully, right. and I don't think Tyreek and uh, Waddle gonna be a difference maker in this game. Yeah, I, I would go Buffalo as well. Do, do you think? Uh, I think the other game we haven't mentioned, San Francisco Seattle. I, I, I feel as though San Francisco should should win that pretty. No, pretty no, 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 no. You got no, no, no. I got Seattle. Oh, this is gonna be a headliner, bro. Like, look how everything's set up. So Seattle had got in because uh, Detroit, Detroit beat us, <laughs> and then another team, couple teams had to lose before those games. And the Geno Smith, this is first year without Russell Wilson. Geno Smith gets a comeback year. He just got his, I think, one million dollar incentive right. because he made the playoffs, and he's on a high. So I think that's going to at least get them in the ball. I think Seahawks win. It's going to be a close game, seventeen fourteen. That's the first prediction I gave for the playoffs. Special wild card. 17-14. It fits the San Francisco Seattle. Um, though they play tight, they they play tightly contested games. They they play really tightly contested games. I'll go what? San Francisco 20, 2017. 20 to 17. Okay. So we'll see next week if 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 one of our predictions <laughs> actually work out. <laughs> what if the what if it just blow the Seahawks out? It'll be hilarious. I'll be like, yo, Gino, where you at? Where brother? you at, bro? <laughs> um, but but now transitioning to the NBA and kind of th- with thoughts on on Steph Curry coming back for the Warriors. Um, they they were able to to win uh, last night against against the Spurs. He he added fifteen, and obviously, like his sh- the shoulder injury uh, has kept him out for for a bit. Um, and the, the first game he came back, they, they, they lost to a uh, depleted Suns team uh, t- by 12. But what are your thoughts on Steph coming back for, for Golden State? Obviously, like they were six and five without him during that stretch. They were still able to to be above 500. Um, but but how do you kind of like, do you feel those? It's obviously it's going to be one of those things where he, he takes a while for him to get acclimated back into it and for them to kind of like try to get in that top five in the West. Yo, when he's there, a lot of people say they can play without Steph. <laughs> not in these no, later years. Not, not in these later years. When he came back, they just blew that, blew them out. Blew, yeah. It was like 140, 106 for like. Yeah, 144 to 113. <laughs> that was. Well, looking at that, was, looking no, at this. It was that before they start scoring. Because it was yeah. like when I when I turned it off, it was like 140 to like 106. And I was like, yeah. Because I was at the. Um, where was I? Where was I when I was watching the game? I can't remember where I was, but when I, I knew, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to turn my back to this. But they look so good with Steph there because Steph, just everybody gravitates to Steph. Mm. Steph's no house to get off and use screens to yeah, score. Yeah, off-ball screen action is so crazy. Bro, that's uh, that's so underrated because yeah. that's where most of his points come from. A lot of, a lot of people see him shoot like crazy shots, but he gets open. Yeah. Right, no, and it's incurred. Does such a great job calling plays, and they trust him obviously. After all, the you know winning championships, yeah. but he he knows how to get his players open, and it's all with without the ball. That's what the coaches used to say back in the day. You can score without the ball. Get open. 
Yeah. You know, and I think I love that mentality that they they that you still have to this day of them winning so many championships, being so consistent and successful. So, man, but when Steph there, they're a different ball game. They're a different ball team. They 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 run different. They talk different. Communicate different. It's just different. Steph has to be there for them to win now. Now, th- if this was like you know, obviously we've seen them go without Steph and Clay, but Clay is not Clay anymore. No, after those injuries, he's getting there. Draymond is getting old. His body deteriorates faster than the shorter guys, so he's getting old. They don't have the same uh, support team, so they need Steph to be there. Yeah, they Gotta definitely need Steph to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and now uh, transitioning to, to, to kind of Katie's injury and who needs to step up the most during his absence. Um, he recently suffered an MCL sprain in his last game versus Miami and will be reevaluated in two weeks. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Brooklyn, they, they do feel like this injury can be less severe this time around and, and kind of have a uh, confidence that he'll be back in, le- in less than a month. But, you know, Brooklyn, they're, they're top five in the, in the East right now. Um, have mm-hmm. been able to obviously be, be, we're on a winning streak with him. Um, when when he was playing at a, at a really high level before the injury, but but what are your thoughts on him being out? Because this this is the type of team that obviously like they've been on this really hot streak, but they can go yeah. at certain points without like Ben Simmons not playing well, and they're kind of being inconsistency with the shooting at at points. I'm answering the first question: Who needs to step up? Obviously, Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah, he has to. You know what? What I not Kyrie for is his lack of leadership. And a lot of well, before LeBron got in, I'm gonna take a go down memory, and that's what I've been doing this whole podcast today. Yeah, I'm setting up my point a little later. You know, when he got drafted by the Cavaliers, you know, I think he was there for like two, three years before LeBron got there. That was he wanted to be a leader, right? Then LeBron got there. You you can't do that because LeBron's a leader. Then you get to the Celtics where you have to, you're, you're the guy now you want to, you know, want a uh, NBA championship. You got some accolades you. in your belt. Looking at you, you cannot lead a young team. And then they don't listen to you. And then you leave after I think it was a year. He was literally there for a yeah, year. A year. <laughs> and then he went to the Nets and it's the same cycle. What, where are you in your career of wanting to do? You want to be an advocate. You want to be not, I won't call you an activist, but you, you want to, you know, let your voice be heard. I love that. That's, yeah, that's amazing. off that, that. Yeah. That's basketball off the court. You know, that's stuff off the court, but on the court, right. you're a great scorer, crazy handles, blah, blah, blah. At some point in your career, you have to be like, Kyrie knows how to lead a team. Kyrie knows how to get his players into position. Kyrie knows. And Crazy thing enough, you're a point guard. That's mainly your job. Yeah. Is to be a leader, facilitate, get guys into places, be that mm-hmm. vocal guy. He's he's not a vocal guy on mm-hmm. the court. So that's the only thing I knackle for. Like, when are you going to become a leader? When are you going to be able to lead a team? Right. And he has it in his career. So now KD is out. You're back. No off, no off court uh, blunders or distractions. You guys are playing great basketball. Now one of the top guys go down. What is your head like? Oh, I got to score more. Or are you saying I got to be a leader? Right. So that's what I'm trying to see. Where he he has to step up. This is this is yeah. your time to show people that I can lead a basketball team. I can lead these guys. So. Yeah. He has to step up for sure. Absolutely. And it, it, it definitely does feel like one of those things where like, yeah, you can score a lot of points, but also have, you, you, you can score a lot of points even in losses, you know what I mean? And, and, and have amazing performances, but it, but it doesn't uh, uh, rack up to, 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 any, to any W's. When you look at it, because like they obviously, um, the, the last, last game that they had against Boston, they lost that one. And Boston is the type of team that that we're seeing is kind of like heavily still at that top seed in in the in the East, and even with Milwaukee, they've kind of had some some blown leads and 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 disappointing finishes. And Philly, they're they're still trying to put things together. But what are your thoughts on this Eastern Conference currently, and kind of like the team the, the teams that you're like most confident in right now? Uh it was it was the um, was Brooklyn. Mm. I'm, I'm still I'm still confident in Brooklyn. Um, mm, it was Brooklyn. Now he's hurt. Um, I'm, I'm I'm iffy with Milwaukee, 
But um, yeah, I think it's Brooklyn at this point. I, I like Brooklyn. I like because they started finally playing basketball. They just got away with, with all that stuff. All with but, I, but I think KD will be back. I mean, we do have the break coming up here shortly. Yeah. Got to give him enough time to rest. And then after that, I think he'll be back, back going. I think Brooklyn can be that team. And, and like the Celtics, I'll never have... <laughs> Pay for the Celtics because every year is something disappointing. Last year, they obviously they get to the NBA Finals. They got to the finals last they, year. They got to the finals last year, man. Went to six. <laughs> okay, getting to the finals and ask the Suns. Yeah, yeah the finals, that's a great point because I don't know finals, what's going on with them right now, man. That team is it's two different things. Yeah, yeah, so it's. Like until Jason Tatum just goes bananas, or everybody goes bananas, I, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't have faith faith in the Celtics. Even when they, you know, got to that point where they were going against the Cavaliers, they were a young team, yeah, showing great, blah blah blah. And then after that, it's always been a mm. up and down. Yeah, yeah. They blame it on uh, Brad Stevens. Uh, Which I mean, how Brad can Stevens. you blame it on? I mean, like even back then, Brad Stevens was one of the best coaches that they ever had. I mean, yes. I got them to multiple conference finals. It, they just needed that extra push to to to, to make it to what finals. push? What push? I mean, no, what what what, what I'm he saying? He gone. He yeah, gone now. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. They can't blame it on anybody else. They can't blame it on the coaching no. or anything. You know what I mean? Because no. like even with even even with them having Emi Emi Udoka the first that that first season, and now they have another. Mm-hmm. They have a, an assistant coach now. It's going to be one of those things like you guys have been here before. Now you have to put it together because there's no there's no other like you said like there's no other person can can put it on. This is this this is the season where they really have to show like yeah we can take it to that that extra notch. Yeah, and then you you have the C teams. Yeah, the, I mean yeah, you're gonna definitely can't blame it on anybody else. And I think I don't see the I didn't see the difference between Brad Stevens and the guy who likes to cheat with his with his coworkers. I I I definitely didn't see the difference. So something so that's why I'm saying like Brad Stevens was a great coach. College. It's on Tatum. It's on Tatum then. Tatum it's gotta be Tatum's gotta be the guy. We saw that in the NBA finals. But he did play a great game, but he didn't he played a great series, but yeah, bro. I just they always disappoint. Cause we used to say on paper, that was definitely one of the teams we used to say on paper. Oh, yeah. So they're really, really good. Yeah. But yeah, but no, the Nets still has in the East, Nets have my full confidence. In the West, I'm still with the Pelicans and the Lakers. Lakers going to the NBA Finals, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got another prediction. Got another prediction. Um, I said this last year, and I was not right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but but, but not listening to boxing and kind of thoughts on Javante Davis yeah. uh, win versus Hector Garcia for the Megabyte uh, versus Ryan Garcia in April. Um, he improved to twenty six and zero and retained his WA WBA light lightweight belt. And when he rocked a Hector Garcia with the left hand in the closing moments of round eight, um, it prom- prompted uh, a Gar- Garcia to to kind of throw in the towel before the ninth round. But what were your thoughts on this win? And obviously, this, this is a tune. This was a tune-up, tune-up fight for him. And now we we have the showdown with Ryan Garcia coming up in April. You know, he's gonna knock out two Garcias back to back, ain't it? That's, that's what, what it it's like. looking like. That's what it feels like, man. Tank, man, Tank is he's different. Tank is different, man. I, I love the way he moves. And he, he sets up. Well, let's see. You sit there. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, just making sure. Okay, all right. But man, I I I, I like I like Tank. Tank is a, a a boxer that we definitely need. I think he's Mayweather 2.0 because Mayweather really didn't knock people out. Mayweather he he his defense was what he, what won him game and his IQ of boxing. He he just learned the game so well, and I think with Tank he's learning the game, but he has that power. <laughs> he has that power. Should I still talk? Should I still? Yeah, keep going. Okay. So he, <laughs> I just read your message. Sorry. Um, but no, I think he has that. He obviously has the ability to knock out, knock out guys, but his IQ is growing every fight. And I think he's, he's a 2.04 Mayweather. And, 
And I don't know why people are not saying it. Obviously, he's not under, he's trying to transition out of uh, money, the money team, but I think he's Floyd Mayweather 2.0. You look how he moves, how he sets up fights. Like I forgot the fight when he was the guy was on the the, the ropes and he, he threw two punches to set up to see what he's gonna do. And then he gave her uppercut, boom, knocked him on the on the ropes, down, out cold. Like to set the IQ to set that up, and that's on the offensive, not the defensive. I love Floyd Mayweather because he was a great defense boxer. That's what boxing is: defending, moving, eluding, eluding the hitch. But man, when you can add power to that, and your IQ is there, I think that's unbelievable, unbelievable. Wellington has something to say. But yeah. I mean, I mean, like when, and this is the thing, because like Garcia, Ryan Garcia, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, d- he decided not to do a tune-up fight. Um, he kind of felt as though like he was going to be already be ready. Like, do you feel as though it's one of those things where certain <laughs> fighters they're just like, hey, I kind of have the confidence already to 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 go to to wait a few months for that big fight and can just practice and still stay in that shape compared to what Javante Davis did and felt like he still needed to to kind of be in that consistent repetition of of, of fighting someone. He did. It, I think it's more so people like, yo, you need to stop fighting these bums, mm-hmm. right? It's Ryan Garcia's, you know, track record has not been as strong as most uh, spectators want it to be, right? right. So it's a, he used to always say, oh, yeah, I'm going to fight this guy and never fights the guy and fight somebody else and just, you know, demolish him already, right? right. Because he's a different skill level. He talks too much to yeah. be Way too much. to be able to beat Gervonta. Davis. Yeah. Even when Javante was fighting uh um the other Garcia, he was talking on Twitter nonstop. Yeah. Oh, you're done. Oh, you're done. Oh, no more talking. Let's get it done. Like <laughs> you ne- you rarely see Tank Davis talk unless you get him really, really mad. Hey. But outside of that, he's quiet. That's what I'm saying. Ryan Garcia, he lacks that intangible things that for boxing. Like Muhammad Ali talked. To promote, promote the fight, you know, pr- promote the fight yeah. or whatever. But he was cool with most of the like Frazier. A lot of people know he was best friends with Frazier. Mm-hmm. They wanted to kill each other, but they're best friends. Like you have to understand, the quietest guy in the room is the most dangerous guy in the room. And Tank yeah. Davis does not talk. I think uh, Tank Davis' IQ is 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 is, is stronger mm-hmm. boxing wise. Than Ryan Garcia, I think his power is stronger than Ryan Garcia. I think his movements is stronger than Ryan Garcia. Right, and he's he's a little he's a little weak, a little light, a little light in the 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 the, the gluteus maximus. <laughs> so, if he doesn't change in April, we'll see Ryan Garcia decline. Yeah, because he's been he's been eluding these big fights to stay really pushing it off too much, pushing it off way too, too much. much. Yeah, if they if they go through this, Ryan Garcia is going to have one blemish, and then after that, it's going to boom, da, boom, 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 boom. That's what I foresee. Yeah, absolutely. It's too much talking. Way way, way too because, like you said, Gervonta does not. He doesn't even like doing that, like like the the, the talking back and forth, but. It has to be something that's really going to push him to to, to actually to actually re- respond and say something. Um, now, getting to our first album review now with with, with uh, Dende's before we cr- uh, crash EP. Um, this project is a follow up to 2020 uh, 2021's A Happy Man and featured features guest spots from uh, Deontay Hitchcock and Erica Officer. Um, this EP really kind of tells a story of love of love from the perspective of a man unafraid of putting it all on the line. But what were your initial thoughts on this EP and kind of like you know what he put together throughout it? Hey, once again, Wellington, where do you be finding these people? <laughs> no, seriously. Like, where did you find him? Well, again, I, I on Twitter, <laughs> I was scrolling through Twitter. Somebody said, man, yeah. you got to check out this new EP. I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And I was like, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> You're so genuine, Wellington. He was like, all right, I'll check it out. <laughs> but no, um, six songs. I thought it was straight. Yeah. I thought it was straight. I thought it was, uh, it was, yeah, I thought it was straight. It didn't wow me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Better Than Him was the best song on the oh, EP. Oh, yes. In my, For sure. In my, in For sure. my opinion. Oh, I love that song. But, mm, yeah, it was straight, man. It wasn't, it wasn't too spectacular for me. I don't, yeah. I only gave it one listen. I think 
the guy has definitely potential for sure. Um, but no, it's just, yeah, it was, it was straight. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't crazy great, but it was like, it, it was, it was straight. That's mm. it. That's it. I don't want to yeah, say it more, but it was straight okay, up. Yeah. Okay. Was there something in it that you, that, that you were wanting more of, or you thought he could have, you, you think he was like holding back at, at certain points? I don't know. Cause I've obviously, I never, you know, listened to him before. I think. I would have to give Tom to really dissect it because I just gave it a listen, you yeah. know, just to, obviously because it was part of our um, things to talk about. But it was just like, okay, like it didn't like, you know, turn my head or like. Yeah, you were like, whoa. <laughs> but I think better than him, maybe more of those vibes. Because I mean, literally. Full, full project of that. That's, that should have been the first song. But then nobody would listen to it. Yeah, the arrangement of the project was another interesting thing. I think that could have been maybe tweaked a little better. But for EP to to put the right lit, to put everything in the right arrangement can can be tough at times because you're trying to see, like, you got a small portion to really. Yeah, consolidate it. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, and, mm. and and getting get into our next review with with Sarah Diamond's uh, Sarah X uh, in her latest project, kind of you know she shows that 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 she is a vocalist with an, an incredibly uh, unique sound and kind of it blends her um, strengths of clever songwriting and soulful embellishments. Um, you know, and, and as an indie pop pop star, she has gained over over 20, 20, uh, 22 million streams worldwide on her own music and another you know, eighteen million collaborations with with other artists. But uh, what are your thoughts on this project and also kind of you know? the possibility of, of, of her collaborating with other artists. I feel as though she also is, is the type of artist that could use maybe like, like, like a live band in, w- in one of her songs or something like that. Cause she does kind of have the voice that that could, could go with that. But uh, what were some of your initial thoughts with it? I'm glad you said that. I think she has a live band yeah. voice. I don't like the, uh, all the technical things on her vocals. No, it, it does. It sounds good. Don't get me wrong. I thought this was a vibe. I think especially you're it. I think like it was just, it was a nice production, but I think her voice really doesn't need though, all those auto tunes and EQ press and, you know, trying to press her voice and stuff. I think she sounds good live because I think she has that range, but a live band would be really, really dope to kind of add to her, her, her aesthetics to her music. But yeah, no, yeah, I'm glad you said that. That's a good point. Has she, well, I don't know how you found her. Probably on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, well, listen, you should be a, 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 um, an A&R, man. A&R. <laughs> Some people tell <laughs> me that. They're like, A&R. man, you listen to so much music, bro. <laughs> bro, you be finding people I've never even searched for. <laughs> but, that's dope, though. but no, she has a good sound. She has a good sound. I'm. I. I wonder if she's. I gotta. I gotta stalk her. Her social media. See if she. <laughs> see if she did any like live music or live covers of her music, just to see if she has that vocal range to be just. Yeah, I think that'd be really dope. But no, nah, that's a good point though. But everything else, I think it was smooth. Yeah, very um, smooth. Yeah, very very smooth. Project. Very smooth. I got the point. I got the uh, the gist of. I think she'll call this an EP. I won't, I won't call this, this an album. This songs, yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought it was solid. This yeah. is very solid. But that live band aspect, I, th- I would really I love, would love to hear that. that. I would love to hear yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Happy With Me, Your oh, yes. was really good. Riverside. Riverside, Riverside was fire. Riverside was really good. Riverside was fire. The interlude, mm, I would. I that's, like that is the one thing I was gonna ask you about was the interlude because I was like, man, how is Savon gonna react to this interlude? Because it, nah. this was. I mean, it. it, it, it I remember, yeah, it it didn't attach to me, but yeah, happy with me. You're it. Riverside were like the ones that stood out, and I'm glad. I I, well, I like her how she arranged her EP or project. I'll just call it project because yeah. it's no definitive answer or what it is. But now nah, I thought this was very solid. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Sarah Diamond, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah X. <laughs> Sarah Diamond. Sarah X. <laughs> 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 Let's go give it to you. <laughs> um, and, and now interesting to, to, to our next review with Redville's uh, uh, Learn to Swim. Um, in his new album and, and, and obviously extremely uh, uh, young career being only 18, he kind of focuses on the trials of, gr- of growing older, setting aside childhood and, and kind of finding yourself as a man. Uh, this is his first full body of work uh, since 2019's Bittersweet Cry, which we feature kind of an eclectic collection of songs. Um, but, but what did you think about this project and what his career m- might look like, you know, even as he learns um, more in his upcoming years? 
He's 18, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he got potential, obviously. Yeah. A lot of potential. I, uh, better. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you better. Working on it. Mars. PG baby. Mm. Driving board. Shoulder. Shoulder was fire. Great. Great songs, man. Yeah. And he's 18. That is is insane. That's the biggest thing that stands out to me. Just how young he is and the fact that he's putting together songs like that already. Yo, that's amazing. He's 18. He's not signed yet either. That's good. Stay indie. That's, mm mm-hmm. Stay indie as long. Yeah, yeah. Do that because you don't, once you get hooked, once you get hooked, that changes everything. Yo, and he hasn't even progressed in his vocals yet. His how he... The pitch, his voice is going to change. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. At 18, bro, that's insane, bro. Yeah, this was a fire project, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fire. Yep, one time for the Willis. Hey, one time for Willis. <laughs> yeah, it was fire, bro. Yeah. I didn't even, yeah, now that I see it, it's in his watch call. Maryland rapper, producer, 18th birthday. Crazy, bro. Yeah. That is such, oh, yeah, he's going to progress so much. Yeah, he's, yeah, I like how he arranged his songs, pitches, the yeah, melodies. The, the, the arrangement was was amazing. Like, like what is the one thing, because obviously we, we both agree what he's doing right now at this age is astounding. But, like, what is that next step that you think he's going to take that's really going to put him um into, into the next phase of, of his growth as an artist? His production. And he does it himself. That's be because, I mean, I think the one that, kind of differentiates between different artists is your access to producers and good beats and music. Yeah. And if you're creating all, I'm, he's, he's a producer, so I'm sure he kind of produced all these tracks. Mm-hmm. To be able to do that and you can find your own sound and music niche within your producing and your right. artist too, I mean, his production just going to get crazy. Look at Tyler, the creator, man. He produced most of his stuff too. And that you can just find different angles of who you are in your voice in as you make beats. Because most people like um like J. Cole say he would be making beats, but he made beats for another artist, but then he uses it because the artist, but and you find like, oh, okay, I can use this, I can tweak this, I yeah. can okay, what if I added this pitch? Because you're there. It's just like you're producing it. Mm-hmm. So if you make a beat, you can switch things. Cause most of the time you get a, a beat sent, you can't really switch or you might could turn some stuff down if you have the stems, but to be able to add a different element yeah, to it, like some, it. some snare drum, yes. Yeah. So with that, his creativity is just going to grow. I think that's what is going to is going to happen for his career, his creativity and his production. So that way, he's going to morph his artist side to even become greater because now you're you're uh, kind of challenge yourself on the production side. Mm-hmm. So if say okay, if you got a lot of artists in a room and a producer. Like puts out like for instance, Timberland and Jay Z, right? Yeah, yeah. Timberland played him uh dust off your shoulders. He played him a couple songs, and you just like, oh, it just makes yeah. you have to step up to the plate. So if you're your own producer and you make a beat like bro, I cannot come crazy. I gotta come crazy yeah, on this. So it just it just challenges yourself to be just have to step up to the plate. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's he's 18. That's crazy, man. Bravo. This is solid. This, this guy saved, bro. Yes. This guy saved, yeah. This guy saved to the library. Yeah, I'm at the... This is one, this is one I want to just keep going back to and listening to even more. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those projects you're just like, I got to wow. keep going back to it because this is this is incredible what he put together. 18, man. I wish I had that. <laughs> That's what I'm I thinking. I'm like, man, 18. <laughs> I was okay, but I wasn't like this, It wasn't this, like that. Bro. I was not like that. No. <laughs> bro, man. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to future. Career going to go crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with our review of Everything Everywhere All at Once. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting into our review of Everything Everywhere All at Once. And to start with the overview, this is a 22 comedy drama film written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert collectively known as the Daniels who produced it with Anthony and Joe Russo. The plot centers on a Chinese-American immigrant played by Michelle Yu, who, while being audited by the IRS, discovers that she must connect with parallel universe versions of herself to prevent a powerful being from destroying the multiverse. It had a budget of $14.3 million and brought in $100.39 million uh, into the box office. 
also has a 95% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and, and has received a lot of universal acclaim. It was listed as top 10 film in 2022 by the National Board of Review, and it also had six nominations, including Best Motion Picture at the Golden Globe Awards. Um, but to start it off, like, what were your initial thoughts on this film being one that had, you know, a, a comedy included in it, science fiction, fantasy, and, and also uh, martial arts? Yo, that's the trifecta, isn't it? Yes. Um, man, this this film was very dope because it's hard to add the, the comedy aspect because you can always add action and martial yeah. arts. That's that's common. But to add comedy in that, that's not forced. Mm. Thor, Love and Thunder, you should take notes. <laughs> take notes, <laughs> please. Y'all should take notes. Thor and Shade. But no, I thought this was really dope because then it became a drama in a sense, right? Right. Um, and then they have that uh, that uh, kind of Asian uh, old school. I'm gonna call it old school because my brain can't think of tradition. Tradition, you know, with the word tradition. Yes, Asian tradition. You know, because she was, you know, not. Uh, well, I'm getting too ahead of myself, but I, I thought it added. It had different elements of the tra- Asian tradition. It had the martial arts, obviously, that's Asian tradition, and then the action, and then the comedy. I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was, because it, it'll sneak up on you, like, oh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but no, I thought it was a great film. I see why um, they, was, they, they got nominated for that six times. It was yeah. really dope. Like, and add that multiverse, because I'm a sci-fi guy, you know. And it yeah, adds, every like, element you could want in it. In yeah, exactly. And then it was written really well. Dialogue was really good. Monologue was really good. Like, it's hard. Yeah. You already know I'm going to give it. So that's foreshadowing right there. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Um, and, and I mean, like, when, when you look at a, at, a film, at a film like this, like, we were talking about how, how it combines all the elements. And it, like, what is the difference between a movie that, at, like, that puts all these elements together in it successfully <laughs> and the ones that try to do it? But they they don't really hit the mark, and they're kind of doing too much with it. Cause they they overthink of what the audience wants, right? Cause and then some some directors and writers and screenplay they don't care about <laughs> what yeah. the the audience want, and I think that's what the difference between Love and Thunder. They because they got so overwhelming uh, uh, effect of what we got from Ragnarok. It was funny, it had everything, and then they okay, the fans love this, so I think we should know. We didn't love it because you thought of us. We love it because you just wrote and you just put something to the screen that you thought was really, really good. Mm. No, most of the time, the audience the, you, the audience doesn't know what to expect. Even with the trailers or whatever, the trailers, it's a snippet. So we really don't know what to expect fully. Right. So you have the, the authority and the, the angle to just make us feel any type of way. Right. Bring us along a journey or leave us at the beginning. You have full authority to do what you want with your screenplay to yeah. entice the 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 viewer. But I think with this, I don't think they cared about what the audience thought. They added different elements so you could be enticed and you would be like you won't get bored with it. Right. But I think they just wrote. That's the difference. Yeah. If you if you even as an artist, if you're making music for just for like TikTok songs and TikTok artists, like eventually that's going to wane because as people we're growing, we want mm-hmm. something different want every time. More. So just do you. And I think that's the beauty about this film. It just did them. And then obviously six nominations. They won a couple. Checks boxes. <laughs> just, yes. <laughs> like, just write. Just write. Don't care about the audience. If they like it, cool. They don't, whatever. You got yeah. it. You know what I mean? So I think that's the difference between them. Definitely. Um, and now getting to our, to our first topic from one of four stars, uh, what would you give it? I, I would give this four because this was such an, an inventive extravaganza and the phenomenal performances from the entire cast was just pro- propelled by stunning visuals and really powerful themes. Um, but to you, from, from one of four stars, what would be your particular rating? Give me four. Give me eight. Yeah. Give me 12. Yeah. We're going by four. Nah. We can go as high as we want <laughs> for this one. <laughs> nah, definitely four stars, man. Um, be besides the the, the what we got from the storyline and the monologue, I thought this was shot beautifully. Yes. Um to be that's able a to, big thing to for you. That's that, a big yes. thing for you. Yeah. Because it, it, it tells a story within the story. Mm-hmm. And then aesthetics, I thought this was it was shot beautifully. I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous scenery. Um, but yeah, I th- give it four stars because it obviously what we just said, check boxes. And then I was engaged throughout the film. 
because you got the multiverse, you got karate, she beating people up, she in a laundry mat, like in one <laughs> multiverse, like bro. <laughs> Where? Where are you taking us, buddy? Like, so, yeah, I thought this was really dope. Four stars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, and now getting into favorite character, uh, I would go with Wayman because he kind of, he proves over time that, that you know, he was a loving, patient husband who's kind of proud of his family, even though Evelyn had serious doubts about him. And overall, his optimism, you know, just really influences Evelyn to kind of change her her negative perspectives um, of the multiverse as well. Um, But so you, looking back at this, like, kind of who was your overall uh, favorite character this week? That's funny, Evelyn. Evelyn was my favorite character because one, because you could see how she could change over time. Mm. And that it was more so of that tradition inside her that she really didn't want to accept her daughter, which yeah. is crazy to me. Like, bro, that's your daughter, that's, bro. Yeah. So I mean, I I, th- I love the element that she that people can change over time if you just continue to plant seeds. Mm-hmm. And that that she obviously, you know, it, eventually accepted joy and just being able to be, she was, oh, she was a bad oh, girl was bad in the multiverse. I didn't like the first one though, when she was getting the IRS was on her and, oh, uh, <laughs> and the laundromat <laughs> was failing. I didn't like that multiverse. <laughs> Take it to when she, uh, she kicking people, but but I love, we get those different elements cause they could have literally started the multiversal of kicking butt, but they gave us like you know they gave us the 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 uh the meat and potatoes that first, was the, then the, they the foundation first. I like yeah, that. Mm, yeah, and then they kind of you know went off in it. But no, no, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Evelyn's my Evelyn Wang. <laughs> I like that name, Evelyn Wang. Evelyn Wang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but like Michelle, yo, yo, she's been. She, She's been in so many different movies in the past yes. before. Like she is a a, a well seasoned actress. Like, mm-hmm. what are your? Because like, obviously, I feel as though for for a role for somebody to to, to be put put into this role, they really yeah. have to be one who had like a lot of a, a lot of patience, a lot of experience, and yes. she kind of fit that perfectly. Like, like, what were your thoughts on kind of like what she's been able to do in this movie, and also like her her career because she's had a a really long yes. career. Like being, I think she was a. Um... For Jackie Chan, she was uh on his team, like the stunt doubles, I think. Yeah. She started, she started as a stunt double with Jackie Chan. Just and then she just and she has range too. Like she she does a lot of a lot of great films. Um, one of my Mummy Returns was another one yeah. that I really loved in. She was the mom in whatever. But anyway, but she played in some great films and she finally got her golden glove. Yes. Finally. She she deserved it, bro. She she has such a luxurious career. But I think this film, she kind of really gave us the different element. It reminds me of Split, right? Mm-hmm. I forgot the general, the actor's name. He's pretty good. Like you give you different personalities, that multiverse. Because right. in one multiverse, you give us a whole different side of that character. And then now you got to play multiple characters in one movie. And that's sometimes difficult. And then being able to separate yourself and keep yourself in tune with all these characters. So it's having like having a split personality in my eyes. Maybe I'm going too deep to it. <laughs> no, right. And I'm giving her too much credit. But no, I thought she did a phenomenal phenomenal job to be able to go in, in each multiverse and play those characters to a T and bring yeah. that bring that out into the screen. So yeah, she's definitely well deserved of that Golden Globe. And is without think anybody else in this role. I just can't I just yeah, because she's she yeah, she's seasoned. And man, shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis, man. Another she went one. Crazy. Another one. She went crazy. No, no, in this no. Role. No, no, no. Not for the role. For her support <laughs> of Michelle. Wait. Sure. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I really did like her character. <laughs> but I like Jamie Lee Curtis, though. Yeah, I think she's Curtis a good actress. Yeah. But no, I was saying she, how she was hyping Michelle up when she won her Golden Globe. And she was yeah. like, been a cheerleader for. X amount of years, still a chiller. Because when she was like, ah! She was going crazy. <laughs> so, man, I love that. But no, I really didn't like... Uh, awesome. I think it was so, Deidrea. Deidrea? Lumina Professor. Deidrea. Deidrea. Yeah, we, I don't we, know the last name. I'm Bio, not trying to tell you. Biobredrico. Brokovich. Man, why they put these many names together, man? Wait, no, no, no. Why the name man was Gong Gong? <laughs> bro, I just realized these names are insane, bro. And then one guy just had a name Chad. That was his name. He was just, just Chad. 
Gong Gong to Chad to Bora 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 Range in these names, bro. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, and, and I'll get into most memorable scenes. I had uh, the, the first verse jump, also drifting through the multiverse, um, a multiverse yes. montage, Joy and Evelyn uh, being rocks, then finally making things right, where Evelyn gains control over the multiverse in the film's you know, big finale, chooses to, to take on, on, yes. on Wayman's uh, kinder mentality. Uh, but, but to you overall, I like, what were some of your memorable scenes in this movie? That was the best one when they, yeah. she finally took over the multiverse and she finally, fi- like, shout out to her husband. I, I see why now, okay, now just having a movie run through my head. Like, I see why you, you said her husband was because without her, him, she would not have, no. See, you need some good support, man. That's what it was, brother. But now that was the best. Well, nah. Oh, you got to go back. <laughs> I, I like the, the, the IRS scene. Man, man, forget the IRS, but I like that scene because it kind of showed humility that she was she was able to be humble even with her um her negative. Gosh, she was so negative in the beginning of the movie. Just extremely negative. Yes. But then you just see the difference in it. Yeah, without her husband. Yeah. Actually, can I switch my favorite character? Yeah, we'll see what switch I Because without him. Without him, none of this would have been possible. <laughs> nah, but yeah, those two scenes for sure. And then you always name all the good scenes. So it's just, I'm just, you know, you know, ditto. Ditto to what ditto. You <laughs> All those. But nah, the last, that scene when she took over the multiverse. and then, yeah. Yeah, major key. Major key. Major key. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now getting to most memorable quotes I had, I saw my life without you. I wish you could have seen it. It was beautiful from Evelyn. Also, you have so many goals oh, you yeah, never finish, cool. dreams you never followed. You, you li- you're living uh, your worst you from Wayman. I'm tired. I don't want to hurt anymore for some reason when I'm with you. It just hurts both of us from joy. Um, also, why not go somewhere where your daughter is more than just this from joy? And then finally, I felt oh, everything your daughter has felt. And I know the joy and the pain of, of having you as my mother from, from joy. Um, what were your what were some of like, your, your quotes, maybe, maybe one in particular that you kind of felt was, was a major standout? Every last one of you just said. Cause I picked the one from Evelyn and Joy, cause that was like they had so many. There's that di- yeah. yeah, their dialogue and conversations were just yeah. Cause that's that 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 was the drama side. You get the action, you get the comedy. That was the drama between that tradition, cause you couldn't accept your daughter, but you got a failing business. Who gonna accept you? <laughs> your husband? <laughs> he barely did. So it was just like their yeah their their dialogue was really good. Yeah. Um, Evelyn had a bunch of them, like you just said. All the places I could be, I just want to be here with you. And yeah, man, I saw man, my that life real life daughter, mother. Like, did you feel as though that was like maybe like one of the biggest things that also just didn't take this to be like just a really good movie, but a great movie because it was that real life dialogue that made it feel just so real at some points. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people can relate, especially the the Asian community, because a lot of Asian Americans or, you know, the parents come from that tradition and still right. hold that tradition and the kids are kind of, you know, not as tradition as the parents want them. So it's just like that contrast. And right. then that mother-daughter relationship, in, like, it's always eventually going to butt heads. I don't know why it's like that. Mothers and daughters, butt heads. It's just like, y'all was why? so cool when she was like five and nine. Now she <laughs> That's 18. what I was saying. When, y'all, when you're y'all younger, like <laughs> That teenage, like, I hate this. <laughs> right. Like, I don't, I don't so understand crazy. it. <laughs> so that was a relatable, realistic at mm-hmm. that. So, man, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was beautiful. And then for them to be able to come together, eh, sometimes, and somewhat come together and kind of reconciliate yeah. their, their differences, I guess. Mm. It wasn't like a full reconciliation, but it, it no. yeah. Definitely. It was that, that unspoken you know how some traditional families or parents are like when you you know you whoop your kids and you don't apologize or say nothing you yell at me, you just like you want something to eat that's what you that want is to eat. Yes, I want that's the unspoken like I'm sorry but I'm not right gonna now. say I'm sorry right <laughs> yes <laughs> well now that you mention it can I get a big flurry <laughs> that's what that is exactly <laughs> Um, and, and now getting into kind of what did you like the most about the storyline? To, to me, just you know, how was it? Was a film where you you, you didn't really know what what will happen from one shot to the next, mm-hmm. and just how you know spiritual growth was central to every story and every timeline. Yeah. I thought thought was a really good part of it. Um, but to you, like, what element of the storyline uh, did you kind of like the most? Bro, why get out my head? 
Okay, yes, I'm gonna exactly. shut up. I'm gonna shut up the rest Because <laughs> you didn't know what's going to happen next, right? That's yeah. the beauty about like jumping into the multiverse. Because one, you get like, okay, she she owns a laundromat. She's not doing good at business. She hates her daughter, husband. What? Then you jump into another multiverse. Like, oh wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh wow, okay. Oh, she didn't push them in the throat. Oh, like so you just get different. You don't know what's going to come next. And I think that's what I really loved about the film because some films are predictable. Like I knew many, that was going to happen. Many. You set it up for it. Like, come on. But so, this so film, original like, and unique. Just, yeah. Yes. It, was, it was really a, a fresh type of movie. It was like a more, it was what Doctor Strange should have been. Mm, like that's a great point. Seeing, like not knowing you. what it was going to be. Seeing yeah. the multiverse, this was the 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 right way it should have been done. Yes. Like I like the action of Doctor Strange, but something like I forgot who we had on the show was like, man, it's predictable. And now I'm thinking, like, yeah, it was predictable. Mm-hmm. This film wasn't. So you you get that like, oh, oh wow, I didn't even see that coming mm-hmm. type of reaction. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, get out of my head, Wellington. <laughs> You been watching me, bro? You been no, looking no. at my cookies, man? <laughs> Any of the government, huh? Listen to my phone. Um, and getting to our last topic, I mean, this is the we always have this topic. Ten years from now, do you still think will be watchable and intriguing? This is obviously a brand new movie, uh, uh, just released last year. I, I think like this is even gonna look even better another five mm-hmm. uh, eight years and decade from now with all obviously mm-hmm. all the visuals, how it was shot, and just the the themes in it. Um, but to you, what do you think will, will make this watchable uh, and intriguing another decade from now? Obviously, everything we get, you know, we get the comedy, we get the 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 action slash karate, we get right. the 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 drama, we get the we get people changing things, and we get those different elements. I think it would be even more appreciated than it already is after you know Michelle winning the the Golden Globes award, right. and I think it'll be more, yeah, be definitely more appreciative appreciate it even now and even then but i think what will definitely solidify this movie 10 years from now is michelle mm-hmm. and just look at her career like okay she did all this stuff and th- what got her the golden globe this film oh okay let's watch this film yeah like i'm Gotta pretty sure because she's she's known where she's from and that if you're a an inspiring actress or actor you're gonna like you have people like really gave you the inspiration to want to become just that. And you're going to look at their films and like, oh man, exactly. So that's the beauty of it. I think people are going to gravitate it because of definitely Michelle because her, she has a crazy career that she's finally getting accolades for. So this is going to rack up some more awards at the Oscars as well. If it did it at the Golden Globe. Oh, yes, indeed. It's going to get better. It better. Yeah, this is one it better. Yeah. Because some movies just get robbed. This is one that that has to be mentioned up there a a lot, Mm -hmm. honestly. Well, that wraps it up for today. I'm your host, Wendell Burns, with my counterpart, Savon Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later. Peace.